And to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, bashing us, fuck him. <laughs>
they should uh, they should actually be excited by it. They should promote it, and they should be motivated that yourself and Pat Hendry are both running, and that you want to serve the members, and they should want to hear you out by trying to shut someone out. That's I think it's completely unprofessional and not giving you the respect that you deserve. I'd like to introduce you again, Corey Grable. You are running for PBA president of the New York City Police Department. A pivotal point in history. The police department has changed dynamically. The legislation that the cops have to deal with right now, which includes body cameras, the discipline matrix, the overzealous civilian complaint review board, a new unit called Standards Assessment Bureau. So with that being said, the cops have went through a rough time. They're starving and they're desperate almost six years without a contract. And at this point, we have not heard details and uh, depictions of this actual contract other than raises and retro. So I'd like to ask you before I give you an opportunity to present yourself and to present a challenge with Pat Hendry. I'd like to ask you, with this contract going forward, will you vote yes and or will you vote no? And if you could tell us why and what is in that contract other than the raise and retro? We never heard does it change when it comes to tours? We know as of now, it's 25 tours. If a cop works 25 tours, th- other than his actual normal tour change, he's supposed to, he or she is supposed to be entitled to time and a half. Has the sick policy been changed by this contract? Is there any fine print other than raise and retro the cop should be aware of? I- I'd like to give you the floor. And, uh, Corey, thank you for coming on. Well, good day, gentlemen. And once again, thank, thank you for having me. Uh, this is... Um a very popular platform that you guys created and uh, it's, it's definitely to talk through the department. So uh, once again, thank you for um, having me. So the, 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 the main question while I'll be voting yes is yes, I will be voting less. Yes. The reason being uh, six years without a contract, you know, I have guys who, you know, from everything from needing to pay baby formula, pay for baby formula to fixing the roof in the house. Um, this contract does offer relief. Um, it's in my opinion, you know, especially because the first three years of the contract was the exact same offer that the city proposed in uh, January of uh, 2020. And then with the percentage raises following, I think it's just uh, the variation of the pattern that DC 37 had and um, with a little bit of a uniform um, premium because we're police officers and first responders. Um, the, there's, um, you know, there's quite a few and you can go back and forth as far as like, um, you know, the MLC obviously and, and, and the tour. So the, the tours are going to be there, uh, to my knowledge, um, it's going to be very little, maybe changes regarding the sick policy and stuff like that. So it's going to be some semantics when we go to the, to the new chart, which I think this contract will be ratified. And when the new tours, they're going to start the pilot program. And, you know, just like anything new, you're going to probably start to see if there's any kind of problems or shortcomings or things that might affect officers. Um, You know, hopefully there'll be opportunity to kind of correct those things to make it better. So guys can, you know, at least, you know, deal with those changes and be able to, you know, come to work and, and uh, do their job safely. Oh yeah. Thank you for that. So, Corey, you, you reached out to me two days ago. Um, you said that you wanted to come on and you, you had a message for uh, Pat Hendry. Um, right. As you heard in the audio, I did ask uh, Mr. Hendry for a debate. 
Um, and I'll start by saying this. The next president will have the opportunity to decide, you know, many things to come, the future of the New York City police officers. And um, I've known, had the opportunity to know Mr. Henry for the last 11, 12 years since I've been a trustee, and I have some concerns. You know, one of the concerns I've seen him being in situations where, you know what, he had a difficult time defending himself. And I'm not going to go into the, the logistics or some of the semantics that, that raised my concerns. But I always stated for the record, I said, if you have a problem defending yourself, how can you defer, defend cops, especially New York City police officers? So, um, you know, my team is going to be reaching out to him with a formal invitation, and I would like to have the opportunity to do that on this show. And uh, Mr. Henry, if you're watching and or if anyone in your team is watching uh, today, I would like to challenge you for a debate. Um, I think that New York City uh, police officers deserve to hear the two of us and they can see the, the, the difference. And I think is a big difference. Um, and they will be able to make a better assessment as to who they would like to vote for. But once again, I think that the New York City police officers will warrant this. Uh, Patty accused me of using a liberal uh, station um, in New York One, which he appeared on the show um, multiple times. But it doesn't matter where. I mean, it could be Fox News. It could be the police academy, the new police academy. It doesn't matter. You could actually set the the forum. Um, I just want to have the opportunity, um, like, you know, coming on the show, which you recanted. But I would like to have the opportunity to debate the issues that New York City police officers are concerned with. Because not only going to have an impact on New York City police officers, but this next president could possibly have an impact on New York City. So, Mr. Henry, if you hear me, um, please accept this invitation for debate. Corey, what do I you think? think sorry, Jeff. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Corey, what do you think about the fact that Mr. Henry did not come on this show? I mean, we've been the subject of numerous attacks from the Lynch camp, including the Henry Henry uh, camp. Um, we've been the topic. We've been very uh, vocal point of pretty much every delegate meeting that's came out, several emails from the PBA delegate body, as well as to celebrate the contract, calling me a fucking asshole and saying that the podcast is, you know, whatever, whatever Puglisi had to say about the podcast. What, I mean, to me personally, Myself and I and I spoke with Eric offline. We don't take it personally because we don't care. But I take it as a slap in the face to the men and the women in the New York City Police Department. Again, we didn't we didn't reach out to them because we said, hey, you know, Mr. Hendry, come out. We're reaching out on behalf of our audience who the majority are guys who are active on patrol currently right. asking for this. Right. right. How do, what do you feel about that? Well, I thought it was a lost opportunity for him. You know, when you become the New York City PBA president, you're going to be facing many difficult challenges. And to to appear on the show, I mean, first of all, you know, you guys may be retired, but you're still cops, you know, at the end of the day. But I think it was a lost opportunity for him to 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 as far as I'm concerned, to be able to to share your platform and to be able to show New York City police officers alike that you can withstand tough questions. So that and that goes without saying on any 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 broadcast or any platform as far as the, the questions are concerned. But I really think it's a, a lost opportunity for me. I would have loved to have seen him be in a show because to me, it would have exposed some of the the challenges and the problems. I think that um, he he um, displays 
as the potential next PBA president. So I would have loved him to come on the show to, to show that. And then and I'm sure if we have a debate, you will see the difference between the two of us. You will see the difference between Mr. Hendry and Corey Grable. And that's why I'm, I'm enthusiastic about this debate. Hopefully he'll take it. Um, I, don't, I, I would love to think that this is a pressure that he may or the team may say, well, hey, you might have to go on the show just at a you know GP and a general principal uh, because I'm calling you out. And this is not a bully tactic or anything like that. But I, again, want to state that I have some concerns that if he takes this president, you know, that um, he won't be running the show. You know, uh, you you hired a well, hired. Well, I retract that. You had a first vice president that's going to be leaving probably within the next year or so. You know, um, what is he going to at one of the roll calls we attended? You know, we were told that uh, oh, he Danny Torelli is going to guide him. Uh, I believe that come day one, when I become president, I will be ready day one. I do not need anyone to mentor me. And, uh, and I think that's the only reason why Dan Torelli was selected. The other members of the board, when Patty decided to pack it in for the obvious reasons that he won't be able to finish the term. And I think that Danny Torelli should have stepped down too. Um, you should not be running for president when you're going to be leaving next year. I mean, or any other, anyone on this board, you should not be doing that when you're about to leave soon. So come on, Mr. Andrew. <laughs> Well, you know what, Corey? I'll say this. Uh, myself, personally, my name has been smeared through the newspapers for many years, numerous times. I've been in some prolific incidents. I'm used to I'm used to backlash. I'm used to my name being smeared. So, frankly, I don't give a shit about anything the PBA says about me or John. It just motivates us to continue doing this even more. Right. We have very thick skin. John and I are attacked on a daily basis, 24 hours a day. We, we get death threats. All kinds of crazy stuff. So we're used to it. Right. Those kind of qualities, and I'm not trying to brag, that's what I expect from a potential PBA president. And the the impression that I'm getting now, now I don't know Pat Hendry from a hole in the wall. I only know what I hear. And from what I've heard so far, I, I don't know much. I hear, he, he, I hear he's a nice guy, things like that. But there's plenty of nice guys on the job. That's not exactly what cuts it and cuts the muscle to actually take over and take leadership of a 20,000 member union or even more, including retired members. So I, I think that there's only two possibilities of why Pat Hendry did not come on this podcast. And either one is a disservice to the police officers serving and the retired members who need someone to speak out, to give their platform. And that's, he's either meek which means he's timid to come on this podcast and give his framework for the members that he's going to serve if elected. And the other one, the other, the other possibility would be that frankly, he doesn't give a shit and he, and, and the message to the members, I don't have to speak out and give my framework. I just truck precinct to precinct, roll call to roll call and hand out bottle openers and challenge coins and that will just give you a sweet little taste and you'll vote for me and you'll vote for my team because that's who's been in place anyway. I think it's a complete disrespect to, to the members if he does not come on this podcast and have a debate with you. Right. Even if he, at this point, running, uh, running for PBA president, 
Maybe he's not the best speaker. Maybe he's nervous. But this is an opportunity to just try. That's all you have to do is try and take the opportunity to present to the members how will you serve them best. And and, and, and that's one thing. I, I am surprised that you asked for to, uh, to challenge him on New York One. I think this is the best place to challenge him because you have an opportunity to do it in long form. A debate or an interview, uh, New York One or Fox or any of these news media channels are never going to give that opportunity to you guys. And we're willing to give that opportunity two hours, three. We don't care what it would take. If it took a week, we just want what's best for the members. And that's the part that is ironic and I believe it's a paradox in this whole thing. John and I are both retired. We could shut our phones off and we could just sail into the ocean and forget about the job. But we care. Because John doesn't want the next person to be him, to be forced out because of some vaccine. Or who knows, two, two to three years from now, it could be something else where people box into a position and they have to leave to stand on moral principle. And I sure as hell, I don't want anyone to become me for doing intrusive police work, doing good work, and to have your name smeared and have these lefty, crazy liberals think that you're some monster or maniac. So that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting for callous and change. I want to thank you for coming on here. What could you tell us right now, besides leadership, what's your key talking points that you're going to fight for for the modern era cop that differentiates from Pat Henry at this point? Well, I, I think that from the, the very first thing, you're going to see a difference in leadership. You know, since I started and made the formal announcement and even a little before the formal announcement, you know, I've been attacked by, by some of my own peers and colleagues. Um, I think that I've been able to show that some of the attacks and, you know, some of the, um, the controversies that you guys may be, guys may be familiar with um, from the different audios that I, I can withstand um, some tough times. Uh, you know, I too have, you know, received uh, certain phone calls that is um, that I, I, I wouldn't want. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, phone calls to the missus and, and things of that sort. And, you know, they, they tell me it's politics. I get it. But more importantly, um, I've been in the, I've been in the belly of the beast. I've been in a fire, you know, um, in, in the middle of those delicate floors where some of the, um, some of the guys who've controlled some of the most difficult challenging precincts in, in the world, not only in this, in the city, you know, I've been able to show them that, um, you know what, I can still hold my head up uh, based on principles. And uh, I stood, I stood by, but going into a little bit about the platform, um, one of the things I am looking to do is to create a dynamic where we have to eventually start transitioning this PBA organization to the next generation of police officers. The tier three guy, you know, now I've been accused of trying to divide uh, the, the department or at least the PBA between tier two, tier two and tier three. That's difficult to do when almost 90% of the membership is tier three. But we have to create a, um, an idea and a culture of transparency where guys who are going to eventually take over this union will know how the union actually operates. You know, uh, we need to be able to show these guys how this stuff works. You know, the 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 volume of money and, the, the, and, and, and all the things that we're responsible for. You know, many of the things that we take for granted, you know, um, I don't want that to erode away. You know, you 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 constantly have a city and 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 you have individuals in the city and and there's an entity in the force that want to, you know, take some of the benefits away from New York City police force officers that we 
we worked very hard to, to, to gain over the years. So my platform is simple. I want to make the quality of life for New York City police officers better. The city needs it. I want to be able to have the ability to tell some of those leftist crazy liberals and and whomever else. It could be the right, the left, or the middle. As far as I'm concerned, they're all going after the working man. But the reality is we need someone that's going to be able to withstand some of these forces, withstand some of these kind of challenges, some of these strong personalities, and um, to without you know being too disrespectful. But again, I've um, worked with this gentleman for, uh, for the last 11, 12 years, and I just don't think that he's the one. And that's why I'm going to fight to the very end to um, make sure that I'm successful. And, um, you know, hopefully this um, June, um, the rest of the members of this department will feel the same way and elect Corey Grable. Hey, Corey, what's your message to the members if he doesn't accept your challenge? What 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 should that what should the members think about if Pat Hendry does not accept your challenge? Whether it be on this platform or he says, I want to go on Fox. If he just says, I don't want to go, he doesn't respond to you. He doesn't respond to this. You're, well, you're calling him out now. This is a call out. You're saying, I want to debate you. I'll do it wherever, whenever. We personally said, we all think it should be here. If you want, we'll get a haul. We'll fly into New York. We'll get you whatever you want. You let us know. Um, yeah. We could set that up. We'll talk logistics with both teams, whatever that is. But say, say whatever it is. He says, oh. He doesn't even respond to this. What should the members think about that? They should be concerned. They should be concerned. To my recollection, I think that this is the first time where two non-incumbent persons are running for PBA president. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to go back in, in, my, in, in, in my tenure on the job. I don't recall that. So it'll be very important for people to see the two people together answering questions, seeing how they answer the questions, see the, the ability to project, project leadership. Because sometimes like when you see a, a, a poster on the wall or you see some questions where sometimes you can't get all to the roll calls, this squad might be out, you're not unable to double back. This will be an opportunity to reach a massive platform of um, New York City police officers for them to see. For them to see, they make their own judgment. You know, and not listen to lies, not listen to different perspectives of, oh, Corey said this, Pat Hendry said this, or whatever the situation is. They will see two candidates together and um, have, you know, objective questions being asked, and they can tell the difference for themselves who they need to vote for. And I just think that I hope he takes uh, advantage of this opportunity. It may help him for all he knows. I like to ask this question. I think this is very important. And this is, if I was a cop right now on the job, this would be the most important thing to me because I think this would set the presence for your tenure and your, your time in service if you're elected as the PBA president. And the question is this, if you're a PBA president, if you were elected today, what would be the first order of business in detail that you would address? First day in office as PBA president, what would be the first order of business? Start preparing for this contract so we won't have to wait another six years. That would be the first order of business. Uh, we, you know, I think that sometimes the organization has taken the position that if you can go 20 years, as long as you don't get a zero, then it's successful. And I, I, had, I think that we have to start listen, listening to the economics and understand how these contracts actually work. 
And uh, but that would be the first order of business uh, to start preparing for day one for the contract. You know, um, you know, start cultivating ideas and 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 different means, and more importantly, start communicating with the uh, the membership at large to really start identifying some of the quality of life issues that they're most concerned with. So in day one, that would be my first order of business. You know, obviously the logistics you got to assimilate a team. You know, start reevaluating what works, what doesn't work. You know, so you know clearly that might be actually the uh, the first thing, but but in terms of the platform and the mission, you know, the mission, the goal is to be um, have New York City police officers best compensated, because when you look at the city and you look at all the things, and you guys were around when when like the crack era, and there were. I remember when I first started writing the subway lines in District 32, and uh, you go out in East New York, in Brownsville, where a, a good portion of the district covered was abandoned buildings. You know, you go there now, it's, it's, it's high rises, you know, and, and that was because of New York City police officers. So the people in the city need to know that in order for you to have a quality cop, uh, to have the best person on this job, you have to compensate them. And when you start having these conversations with some of these, you know, um, people, It'd be like, oh shit! I, you know, I, I really sorry for cursing, but it's like, <laughs> oh no, no, don't worry, you can't be John. <laughs> no, it's like they, they it, sometimes they don't know, and I think that the PBA had a missed opportunity, or not to be quite frank, haven't been part of those kind of conversations to let people know. But I think that when you start explaining to people that it is important to have your New York City a police officer highly compensated, you help the city. You help the city. When you start creating crazy policies that you over-discipline cops and you make it difficult for a cop to do his or her job, you have unintended consequences of actually hurting people that you're trying to protect. I was speaking to a, a state assembly person very recently, and I told her, I said, you know, Black people need the police more than anyone else in this city. And I'm going to be the first one on record to say that stuff. Black people and poor people in this city need the police. The people in Livonia and Rockaway need the police. The person on Park Avenue and 72nd Street don't need the police. And you have to compensate us. I got guys who can't pay for formula. Guys are leaving this job, you know, and hopefully there's some relief with this contract. But I had guys who were leaving this job to go to Best Buy. Not only because of the salary compensation, but because of quality life issues. There's a young lady in District 30. I think she's going to the, the U.S. Postal Service. So she's leaving this job to go work for the Postal Service. That's a problem. That's a problem. And this organization has kind of remained silent on those issues for a long time. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's scary time, man. I know people that left for sanitation. I know people that left for MTA. I know people that left, like like you just said, for, for menial jobs, jobs that are not careers, you know, uh, never unheard of, unheard of things. The only time you ever heard of someone leaving the police department, FBI, Port Authority, FDNY, that is it. You never heard of anything else. And you're hearing everything now. Um, everything, everything. And at first I thought that people were lying to me until I had a, a young lady tell me that, you know, she's leaving to work at Best Buy. I, I couldn't believe that. She said she was, you know, she can't deal with it no more. She's going to leave for Best Buy. I talked her out of it, but she was leaving to go to Best Buy. And she, she 
at least she stated anyway, that one of her um, peers actually left to work retail. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. Pat Hendry won't be able to address those problems. Corey, do you want to leave us with anything before before we, we sign off? I mean, this is going to be just a call out. You know, you came on here already. You expressed yourself for two hours. I don't think we need to serve. I don't think we need to go. That's true. Now, listen, now, again, um, I hope Mr. Hendry takes this, accept this invitation. Um, but more importantly, I just want to, you know, take this opportunity to uh, not only thank you all for having me on the show, but I want to thank the, the cops and the, and, the, and the police officers of this um, of this great department. Um, you know, as we've been going to the roll calls and there's definitely an energy um, and, you know, the idea that I'm able to get my message across and guys are listening, I just want to say that humbly, I appreciate that. Uh, this this journey and this experience is um, is bigger than me. And um, they, they have the opportunity to to lead the the greatest police department in terms of, you know, at least the union anyway. Oh, uh, man, this is um, this is an experience that um, that I will always treasure. And I look forward to becoming the next PBA president. And um, and again, I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of you. Corey, it's been a pleasure meeting you and conversating with you, with you during the interview and offline and talking to you now as well. You know, I wish you the best of luck. And I do I do hope for the members, like I said, I don't know Pat Hendry at all, but I do hope for the members that he comes on and you have a professional debate and you both have an opportunity to give your framework and address the problematic issues. I think it's a step in the right direction that the contract is here. It's a breath of fresh air because these guys are starving. Desperation. But I am a firm believer that when the money runs out on this retro, and that the raise does not keep up with inflation. I do think that we're back to square one and these problematic issues are not going away. I think it's honestly, I think it's like an alcoholic that goes out and has a couple of drinks and kind of soothes himself or herself for a couple of hours. And then they wake up and they sober up and they're back to the same problematic issues. And I believe that's where we are. They're going to have some money in their pockets. It's going to be a breath of fresh air. But after that, again, they still have an overzealous civilian complaint review board that deters them from doing intrusive police work. And it's a problem because most of the cops, unless, they unless they're Richard Shea or they get into a shooting and something prolific puts them on the map, they have to do intrusive police work to make arrests so that they have a prolific career that they can move up and go to the detective squad. And if they choose that route, most likely their records will get peppered up and the civilian complaint review board will target them and they will not make it there anyway, and they'll be put on the shelf. And then with that being said, is a weaponized disciplinary matrix that is a scary document that is utilized to be punitive. And termination is now on the table, unlike, Corey, when you got on the job, yeah. and John and I got on the job. It's not something that we thought about, termination. I mean, I'm sure you remember, you were told by the, by the veteran cops, dude, you got to do something crazy. To get, I mean, you basically got to go out and shoot people in the middle of Times Square during the day to get fired. But that's yeah. not the case anymore. And the internal pressures that the cops now have is leading to their mental health. I mean, we have a commanding officer of the 2A precinct, which is probably one of the most prolific precincts in the entire city, who's taking pictures with Alvin Bragg saying, thank you for your support. The betrayal that's going on, the civil lining within the department right now is scary. And John and I are not afraid to address these issues. 
that's why we're getting a lot of haters because we're saying things that people are thinking, but they're afraid to say. Right. It's it's best to pretend that the truth is not real. And that's one thing I, I, I want to commend you, Corey. Honestly, John and I, are, we're, we're going to be honest, we're not endorsing anyone, but we are endorsing the issues. But I will say this. You showed great bravery and courage for coming on the podcast and speaking out and hearing you taking the high road in these audios is very professional and shows great strength. I believe that being kind it actually shows more strength than, than bursting out and screaming and yelling. I, I, I think that shows by far more strength. And I don't think you're weak for being quiet. That's my assessment. I actually believe it shows strength. And I, and I want to thank you for that, for staying professional. Well, listen, I came close a couple times. I'm not going to lie. I came close a couple times. Are you human? I came close. But, uh, you know, I didn't um, – sometimes you got to kind of use your better judgment when, you, when you're faced with these kind of situations. So, yeah. Uh, one more thing. Are you handing out bottle openers and challenge coins too? No. Um, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I always question when you started, you know, kind of um, getting guys uh, drunk. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm handing out pens, actually, you know, and the pens are full with slips and not summonses. <laughs> yeah, but listen, Corey, I thank you for coming on. Guys, I thank you for yeah. listening. I just want to end with Pat Hendry is going to roll calls for five minutes before you go out on patrol. That is not enough time to hear someone's platform. That is not enough time to know someone. Like I said, it's very easy to sit up at a podium, yell at someone for two minutes and walk off and be gone. Yeah. Just putting out all these great posts. None of them you hear him speaking. I don't know how Pat Hendry. You guys don't know him either. Corey Grable's showing a lot of bravery coming on this show. Not once, but twice. Um, and, you know, I, I got I to gotta say, you know, you know, especially the fact that we're, you know, we're uh, the upper echelon and the union's most hated, um, you know, but yes. the women are listening. So it is. So I, 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 you know, but we do. We need strong people. We need people that are unafraid. Somebody that's afraid to debate. Somebody that's afraid to come on a podcast when you know the questions ahead of time. But before at an advantage because you had your opponent come on prior to you. I question, man. 2020 changed a lot for the NYPD. 2018 and uh, with the legislation that came down, and then 2020 with COVID changed a lot for this job. We need strong people. We don't need weak, timid leaders. We don't need people that are afraid to say to say what needs to be said. I don't even know what Pat Hendry is saying, and either do you. And I just want to leave with that. Um, Corey, I thank you for coming on. Thank um, you once again. Appreciate it. All right, guys. New York's finest for Tyler Unfiltered Podcast. We'll be right back at you. Yeah, God bless.